During the month of October, we have been looking at streetlights, how to reach our community for the Lord. And during that time, we talked about hospitality. And it's interesting because a lot of people have taken the opportunity to reach out to people in their community. One of our little boys went over to one of our senior ladies' house, knocked on her door and said, hey, I'd like to do something for you. And the senior looked at him and said, well, I really don't have anything to do, but I'm making ice cream sundaes. Would you like one? And invited him in and ministered unto him. Hospitality. But we also looked at grace and how Christ uh, healed the leper and how we ought to look at those that are different and those that pose a challenge to our comfort zone that we would reach out. We looked at love and we looked at the Good Samaritan and how we ought not pass on the other side but how we ought to reach out and touch those that are in pain and those that are hurting. And today... We look at the streetlight of service. Service, that component that we find in the book of John, the 13th chapter, that we find Jesus modeling for us. And when you look at John, the 13th chapter, you realize that Jesus was comfortable in his skin. Jesus was familiar with who he was. He knew that he was the Son of God. He knew he was divine. He knew he was Lord and Master. He was conscious of his position. But something happened this particular night. As his, as his disciples have assembled to eat the Passover meal and to fellowship together and to talk about what had happened during the weeks before, Jesus takes on a new experience and wants to teach his disciples something that they are not familiar with. Because there in Mark the 10th chapter verse 44, 45 he says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And so that particular night, Jesus became like the Gentile servant that would come in and he left the table where all the disciples were eating. And he took his coat off. This had them curious at the very outset because you don't take your coat off in a Baptist church. And he went over and he got a bowl of water. He poured it. And they were really curious then. Much like you right now. And then he took a towel and he wrapped it around it. And he began to kneel down at the feet. I'm not coming all the way down. <laughs> he came to the feet of the disciples. He came to Judas. And you read there in John the 13th chapter, verse 2, that Satan had already planted in his heart to betray Jesus. And there at the foot of Judas, he looked into his eyes and he knew what was in his heart. Because he knew in verse 21 he was going to predict that someone was going to betray him. And in verse 30, uh, 31, Judas departs to sell Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. He washes his feet. He moves on. And he comes to Peter. Peter, who knew Jesus. 
There in Caesarea Philippi, what did he say? Who do men say that I am? And Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, You're correct, Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. But you see, Peter's feet were dirty. They were dusty. Because Jesus knew that in just a few moments, this same Peter was going to deny him. This same Peter was going to be filled with anger when the servants came and when the priests came, that he would draw a sword and he would cut the ear off of one of the servants. He knew that he would be standing around that fire with all the others waiting to see what was happening in the court. And it would be Peter who said, you must be mistaken. I don't know him. And Jesus looked into his eyes. And Peter said, don't wash my feet. You can't wash my feet. You're the son of God. I won't let it. And Jesus says, if I don't wash your feet, you'll have no part of me. And, Jesus, and Peter responds, well, if that's the case, then wash me all. And there's a great message there. Because if you're a Christian, you've been washed. You've been cleansed. You're clean. But sometimes we get dust on our feet. And Jesus wants to wipe and clean that dust. Peter was dusty. But you see, he moved all around that table. And not only did he look into the eyes of Peter and Judas. But he saw the other disciples. The other disciples who in Luke 22 24, get into an argument about who is the greatest in the kingdom? Who's in charge? Who's the boss? I want to be in. And Jesus knew that was in their heart. He knew it was in their being. And he knew that he had to wash their feet. But you see, as you look at that passage of scripture, you realize that Jesus commands us in verse 14 that we ought to wash the feet, that we ought to serve. Notice what he says there in verse 14. He says, if I then the Lord and the teacher, God Almighty, God in the flesh, wash your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. That's a scary thing, isn't it? I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've never done it. We as Baptists don't do it. We're sort of apprehensive to that. But you know, God wants us to serve one another. To serve with all that we are within us. To serve to the point that we understand that in Hebrews the ninth chapter, verse 14, he says, How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, clean, cleanse us from our conscious acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. The washing is an act of love. It's not just our words. It's actually doing something. It's putting our words into actions. It is deeds. The washing is a demonstration of our humility. Because there are some hindrances, are there not? The pride that was in Peter kept him from wanting to serve. 
the betrayal, the rejection in Judas kept him from service. The ambition and the competition and the desire to have that love me wall. You know what a love me wall is? If you go into the military and you go into a guy's office, he has a wall that has every diploma he's ever gotten, every plaque that he's ever gotten, everything that he has collected in the world. He says, there I am. Love me because I'm good. Okay. In the last few days, Christ wanted to show the disciples and prepare him for his death. And he knew one thing. He knew that the power of the cross would change their lives. He knew it was the pain. It was his suffering. He knew it was his death that would allow these disciples and us as Christians to productively get out there and serve him and to be engaged in that which he has for us. Even in Acts, the first chapter, verse 8, he says that it is the power of the cross. It is the power of the blood. It is the power of the Spirit of God that equips us, that gives us the skills, that gives us the talents, that gives us all that we need to open our mouths and share the good news. It is the empowering of the Holy Spirit that allows us to share the blessings that God has bestowed upon us. It is the power of that spirit that allows us to walk victorious with hope, with joy. It is walking in the authority of God's word. I love working for generals. You know why I love working for generals? Anywhere I would go, I would walk in and I would introduce myself and I would say, I'm General Rochelle's chaplain. And guess what? They didn't bug me. They didn't hassle me. They didn't ask me a whole lot of questions. Anything I wanted, they basically gave it to me. It was great working for the general. Because I could work in his name under his stars. And it is through the cross, our Lord Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus. As we work in the name of Jesus, what happens? Sin can be overcome. If we work in the name of Jesus, by his very power, the devil will flee. We can overcome. We can be victorious. And we can serve with power. Productive. And it is because of his power that we can evoke the memories of his sacrifice and we come to the table because Jesus knew that once they saw him carrying that cross through the streets of Jerusalem and once they saw that soldier thrust his spear into his side and once they saw that water and blood come out the disciples would be scared They needed something that was going to make them stand. When they saw the anger of their crowds and their friends and their neighbors, they needed something to give them courage. And so he gathers them that night. And he took right off the table some bread. 
and he broke it. And he says, this is my body. And they're going, what are you talking about? This is my body which is going to be broken for you and for me. It is my body that will endure the crown of thorns. It is my body that will endure the nails in my hands and in my feet. It is my body that will be broken, spit upon, dishonored, so that you can live. As our deacons come, may we share in the body of Christ. And before we do that, shall we pray together? <coughs> Father, we come before your table asking that you search our hearts. And Father, if there be dust upon our feet, cleanse us now. Forgive us where we fail thee. Forgive us where pride has overcome us. Forgive us where ambition and competition overcomes your leadership. And Father, forgive us for those moments of betrayal. And as we think about your body and your sacrifice, may we praise your name for all that you've done for us. For we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. And that night he took the bread, he broke it, he said, take, eat ye all of it. This is my body, broken for you. That same night, he took the cup, which was to be his body, broken, and his blood that sacrificed for us, shall we pray. Father, as we come to take their cup, as we come to remember the blood, and that sacrifice that was made on Calvary's tree, Father, give us the strength and the courage and the ability to serve you through the knowledge of what you have done for us. Bless us now, for we ask in Christ's name. Amen. That night he took the cup. He blessed it. He said, take, drink ye all of this. This is my blood given for you. So God has called us to a submissive service. He's called us to a productive service, but God has called us to a passionate service. What are you excited about? What makes your heart pound? What gets your blood racing through your body? What makes your spirit soar? Christ wants us to move from that passive involvement to a passionate service. And when I look at that, I realize that Paul, in the book of Philippians, the third chapter, if you read the entire chapter, there's a great passage of Scripture that talks about being driven. Paul says, I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured and made it my own yet. But one thing I do, it is my aspiration, it is my drive for getting those things that are behind me and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press towards the goal. To win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. Paul is driven in his faith and in his service. It is a distinctive service. 
Matthew 6, 24. He says, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will uh, be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The flesh draws the power from the human side. Godly service draws it from the Holy Spirit. Flesh is impressed with positions and ranks and titles. God's service finds it almost impossible to distinguish from the small to the large. The flesh requires external awards, badges, and certificates. God's service is sort of hidden away. The flesh is highly concerned about the results, and God's service is free of the need to calculate. It is a deliberate service. It is a deliberate service because we have to choose. This day in the book of Joshua, the 24th chapter, verse 14, if you read that passage, not only verse 14, but on, you'll find that Joshua is in and consumed about making a choice. Have you made your decision to follow Christ today? Is he Lord and master of your life? Can you say that without a doubt you've been born again? Washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Does the Holy Spirit speak to you? And if he does speak to you, is he speaking to you right now? Will you serve our Lord with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul? It's time to step out. It's time to to make that commitment. It's time to do whatever God has placed upon your heart. Or will we be like Peter and say, no, Lord, not today. No, Lord, you're not going to do that. Or are we going to say, yes, perform that miracle in me. Change my life. Wash my feet. Cleanse me from all that keeps me from serving you. Father God, we come this morning. We thank you for the power of the cross. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that convicts and this morning Lord as we stand and as we sing together as your spirit moves may each one make that decision may they come and take brother James's hand may they join us in a fellowship as a church member may they come and make that commitment to serve you may they come and just pray if necessary whatever you've laid upon their heart Lord may they make that decision today For we ask it in your name. Amen.